welcome to the first episode of the Mathetai podcast. I am so blessed that you're here, that you're checking it out. Uh, I pray that it is a benefit to your walk and, and to your ministry and that it encourages you and that hopefully you continue along with us as we continue to study the word and hear from those that are applying the word of God to their lives in unique ways. Now, I want to start off this podcast by telling you a little bit about what Mathetai is and who I am, so you know what you're listening to, and then talk about what we're going to accomplish here. First of all, Mathetai is a ministry uh, that we've been at for a number of years. It started off as a college Bible study uh, back in 1999. We had a number of great young adults coming through that uh, and that have gone on to incredible things, so... Uh, We're blessed by all of you guys. Hopefully some of you guys are listening and are encouraged by this. Um, It it then moved into a time when when my family moved to Mississippi. Uh, We went on disaster relief after Hurricane Katrina and lived there for a few years to support a startup church uh, through that disaster relief. And then we prayed about what to do next. And on my heart was training for the body of Christ, but more specifically for pastors and leaders that are serving without being fully equipped. I had been on numerous trips around the world and had opportunities to teach pastoral training sessions in South America and Africa and even in Europe and saw so many wonderful servants, so many people with a heart to give and to uh, just see the Lord glorified in their churches and in their communities, but had never been equipped with the proper tools to do that. Some of them had never studied the Bible for themselves. They had no clue how to uh, give a sermon, how to understand the scriptures even. And so they were relying on those quote-unquote successful ministries around them. And we wanted to give them the tools to uh, extract from the word of God what the Lord would have for them in their situation, in their culture, in their village, their community, that they could pass on to their people and apply it to their unique setting. And so we've been doing that since 2012. We started Mathetai as a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. And we now go to these locations. Uh, In South America, we go up the uh, Brazilian Amazon River and uh, have ministered in communities and indigenous villages there. In Europe, we've been throughout much of Eastern Europe uh, teaching uh, in some small church villages, in uh, just different individuals that are interested in serving, just working to equip them to serve their communities. And then throughout Central Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, we've seen a lot of uh, people grown uh, through the Word of God and develop there to start churches, plant churches, and continue their ministries there. So it's been a blessing, and we're, we're con- constantly reaching out throughout the United States here and overseas as well to expand uh, those opportunities to share the Word of God. And so pray for that. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in that, go to the website mathetide.org and you can read more about what's happening there and see any uh, upcoming information. Now with this podcast, uh, our goal is to give you the same tools that we're bringing to these uh, people overseas. And uh, also so people overseas can have easy access to training that they might not otherwise get. So we pray that you would take this uh, uh, to heart, use it for uh, your training, for the training of those around you. Uh, We will have other things on the website. You can download materials that would assist in this and uh, be a part of that. But for this first podcast, we're coming into the year 2021. 
We're coming out of the year 2020. It's a year that was difficult for many, a year of incredible change for everybody. Uh, and we always look forward to the new year as a new beginning, new opportunities, a new chance to grow, a new chance to learn, a chance to do something different. We always see the ads on TV talking about a new year, a new you, and they're often uh, focusing on physical things such as weight loss or quitting smoking or or doing something in that respect. Sometimes it's financial. What can you do to improve your situation? Sometimes it's the friends that are around us and so on. And we're all looking forward to making big plans for personal improvement or personal accomplishments. Well, I want to apply this to your walk with God. It's a new year. Will you have a new walk with God? You're going to be the same person in 2021 as you were in 2020 unless you do something different. And so the question that I want to bring before you today is, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? The word mathetai means disciple. It's the Greek word there that we find in the text, and it means simply that. At mathetai here, we define a disciple as a deliberate apprenticeship producing a living copy of the master. Now, notice a couple of words in there that are very important. First of all, this is a deliberate apprenticeship. It's something that we intentionally engage in. We need to go and pursue it. It's not going to come to us. It's not something that we can sit back and be passive about. Maybe in 2020, we were passive in our spiritual walk. We weren't pursuing it the way we should have. We didn't give ourselves over to a deeper prayer life, deeper study life, deeper fellowship life. We, we weren't giving ourselves to the tools that the Lord has given to us. Well, in 2021, we need to be deliberate in applying those things. We need to be intentional in our pursuit of being a disciple. So it's a deliberate apprenticeship. Realize that the, the idea of apprenticeship is you're a learner. You're not the master yet. You've not attained everything you need to walk in the Christian life. So often we think that if we just go to church every uh, every Sunday, and we hear that sermon, we have all that we need to walk for the rest of the week. We have all that we need to master the rest of our life. And we wonder why things in our lives fall short. Well, as an apprentice, we've got to soak up everything. Our whole life is an apprenticeship, and we're following the master. Jesus lived a life that gave us an example of how we're supposed to live. And we are, as the next statement says, we're producing a living copy of the master, the master being Jesus. And so we need to be intentional and deliberate about learning and conforming our practices, our thoughts, and our life to become a living copy of the master. It doesn't mean that our character, our, our humor, our, our personalities, or, or all of that, we don't abandon that stuff, but we copy the master in the sense of the way that he views this world. We view this world through a scriptural lens. We view this world as God would view this world. And then we act according to the revelation that we've been given. We follow the teaching of the master. We apply it to every aspect of our lives, not just the Sunday morning, not just the, the, the prayer of desperation, but every moment of our life is guided and directed by the master who is the Lord over us, the King of Kings, and we are his servants. And so in 2021, if you want to do it differently, if you want to do something different than 2020, you want to go deeper, you've got to be deliberate and you've got to learn, you've got to pursue, you've got to apply yourself. 
and allow the old to be cut away and the new to come in. Now, that's hard to do. It's easy to say. It's easy to talk about this. But how do we do this? So I want to give you some practical steps of how to be a disciple. And I'm going to take this from John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5. There's an incredible passage there where Jesus is walking through town, going through daily life. And he comes upon someone that needs discipleship, that needs something from Jesus. And so in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, it says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, in Aramaic called Bethsaida, or I'm sorry, Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going down, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now, if you want to begin being a disciple, there's some some key things here in this passage that we need to apply to our lives, we need to realize in our lives here. So Jesus is going about his business. Verse 2, he comes to this gate uh, called the Sheep Gate, and there's a pool called Bethesda. It's got five colonnades to it. It's kind of five little porches all around the pool. It's a beautiful place. And on these porches would lay these invalids, these people that would bring these mats, these kind of tatami mats, and they would lay them out, and they would be laid on these mats, and all day long the the, the, uh, porches would be crowded with people needing something, looking for help, wanting to move forward in life, wanting to be healed. And they're the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and so on. And there was the story that as... uh, the waters would uh, be stirred up. They would say they would attribute that to an angel coming and stirring up the waters. And then, if you were the first person to get into the water after the water was stirred up, you would be healed of your infirmity and be able to move forward in life unrestricted. So, uh, some say that there was an underground channel feeding this pool that would cause a stir up. Some say it's a, a salt type pool, a healing type pool. Whatever the case was, that was the story, and that's why these people are gathered around the pool. And so many of us go to church and we look at it as a pool. We gather around and we think, if I can just do this, if I can just be the first one, if I can just be the earliest, if I can just get that touch that is required, then I'll be able to walk forward and do everything else. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be able to do it. But Jesus says there was a man who had been an invalid for 38 years. He had been held back for so long. His entire life had gone by and he had never found the healing that he wanted. Many of us in our spiritual walks, again, we go through life and never find progress from our infirmities, from our sin, from our uh, our failures, from our, our inabilities to fully follow and grasp hold of all that God has in store for us. And it might be five years, 10 years, 30 or even 38 years, that we've found ourselves dealing with the same issues, never being able to move forward. We've got to become those deliberate apprentices. We learn from the master, and he gives us the pointers. He gives us the information. He gives us the strengths. He gives us everything necessary to move forward in our walk. 
And so Jesus looked at this guy and he, he knew he'd been there for 38 years. He knew something was wrong. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd been there a long time, Jesus knew the man's situation. He said to him, and this is the most interesting question to ask, do you want to be healed? And it's very important that we grasp this question. Do you want to be healed? Many of us have become so comfortable in our infirmities. Our infirmities become our excuse. Why I can't do this thing. Why I can't go further. Why I shouldn't do that. And we get a comfortable lifestyle. It's our excuse for not pursuing greater things. For not living out the radical faith Christ has called us to. For not doing certain things. And we become okay with mediocrity in our walk. Okay with a... a, a lame walk, if you will. This man was an invalid and unable to get up and move forward. And we arrive at a place in our walk where for us to go further would require some massive surgery, if you will, by the Lord. And so Jesus asked the important question, first of all, do you have a desire? Do you want to be healed? Or are you content where you are? Have you arrived at a place where you're satisfied and you don't want to go any further? If that's the case, you're going to be the same you in 2021 as you were in 2020. You're not going to move forward. You have to be deliberate in your apprenticeship, deliberate in your discipleship. You've got to want to move forward, want to pursue him. So if we can't answer that question and personalize the question for yourself, do you want to be healed? If we can't answer that in the positive, yes, I want to be healed, yes, I want to move forward, then we're at a standstill already. There's nothing else we can do. So Jesus checks with the man first. He says, do you want to be healed? That's the first thing. Are you willing? Are you desiring to do something? And the man's response is interesting there. He says in verse 7, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. So I'm on my own. No one is here to help me. I, I can't do it by myself. The water's stirred up and I, I want to get to the pool, but I can't. The, the man had one idea of how to be healed and he couldn't see any other way. So there's, there's no one here to help me. And while I'm going down, another one steps down before me. So while I am trying to get to the water with my infirmity, while I'm trying to get to the place of healing, someone else swoops in and gets there first and takes it over. So I'm helpless because no one will help me. And this is an important thing as well, is we can't look to other people to do this for us. This man blames everybody else. I can't get to the water to be healed because no one else will help me. And because someone else steps in front of me and someone else does it first. And if we're looking at the people around us, they're all broken too. They all need to be healed as well. We all need to be healed. And so, Jesus says, do you want to be healed first of all? And the man responds, well, no one is going to help me. I can't be healed because someone else won't do it for me. Again, we can't be passive. We need to be active in this. We need to be pursuing this. And so no one else will do it for me. You got to do it for yourself. That's where Jesus is going here. And so Jesus said to him in verse eight, here's Jesus's response. Get up, take up your bed and walk. Now, at once it says the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. Now, Jesus says, don't look around to other people. Don't ask everybody else to bring you to the place where you can be healed. Don't look to the water in there to be healed. You don't need any of that stuff. Your conventional wisdom about what it takes 
is going to fall short. You may get to the water and even get in the water, and what if that doesn't work? Many of us have been looking for a pastor to say the right words, a a friend to come and and give us what we desire. Uh, We've been looking for a spouse, or or we've been looking for finances, or a job, or a career, any of these things, and think that once I have that, then I can move forward. Then I can be healed. Once I get this, once I get past that, then I can really have it all. And Jesus says, do you want to move forward? Are you sure that you can get your eyes off of all of those ideas, all of the schemes, all of the plots, all of your concepts of what it takes to be healed and let Jesus do that work? And in 2021, that's what we need to do. We need to get our eyes off of the things of the past, off of our conventional ideas of what God is going to do and what it looks like to serve him. And we look forward and we say, okay, God, what are you going to do? I, I thought I had to get to the water, but you're telling me that there's something else I can do. And so Jesus says, you can skip the water. You can skip all the conventional methods. You can skip all of that stuff. Get up. And at that term, he, he calls the man to do something. Realize the man has to do this himself. Jesus is giving him the instruction. He's giving him the power. He's working in the man's life. The man has to stand up. And so for a man who's not stood up for 38 years, what a radical thing that would have been said to him to to stand up, rise up, get up from your position and stand in a position that you've not stood in in quite a while. And some of you need to hear that today, that you're lying in a position of defeat, of discouragement, of doubt, uh, uh, you're downcast, and you need to rise up from that and stand in a different position, a position of faith. It took faith for this man to stretch out his legs and try to get up. Because what if Jesus hadn't healed him? He would fall right back down and be the mockery of all those around him. But Jesus says, get up. So the man has to put that into action. You and I, we need to step up, first of all. We can't sit back in our misery. We can't sit back and wallow in our defeat, wallow in those things. We need to stand up. Christ will help us to stand. And when we stand before Christ, he lifts us up and he does incredible things with us. So first things first, stand up. Get up out of your defeat. Get up out of your position and get into a standing, ready, active position. The second thing Jesus tells this man to do is he says, take up your bed. That thing that you've been lying on, that pallet, that, that, that area that is your, the symbol of your defeat, pick it up. Get it up off of the ground. And when you pick it up, realize what's going to happen. All of the other invalids and sick and blind and lame, they're going to scoot forward and take your place. You can never go back to that position. So take up that mat. Take it up, carry it. Don't let it support you anymore. Don't let your weight fall on it. You pick it up and you be in charge of the mat. You be in charge of your situation. You tell yourself how you're going to think about the situation. You form your mind to have the thought of Christ towards that and you find victory over that. Pick up that mat so you can't go back to it. And then he says, now now walk. Start moving. Start going somewhere. You've been lying dormant on this mat for 38 years. You've been looking to everybody else to solve your problem, to get you down there. And you've been resigned to this position that no one is here to help me. No one's going to do the work for me. I'm stuck. This is it. Jesus says to you, Jesus says to me, get up, 
Pick up your condition and let's walk forward. Let's move. Let's go. So we rise up. We rise up out of our 2020 mindset, out of our past failures, our past defeats. We rise up past our current depression, past our current issues, past our current struggle, and we realize who we're walking with. The man began to move forward with Jesus now. He now walks in the way that Jesus tells him. He follows the commands of Jesus and he finds victory. So you and I need to do that in this coming year. Now, a follow-up question to ask after this is, how do I know if I'm walking in the right way? I get it. I got to stand up. I got to do something different. I've got to pick up my bed so I can't go back to that. I've got to move forward. I've got to walk. But how do I know if I'm doing it right? What do I do? What are, what are the, the benchmarks to tell me that I'm making progress? Well, again, in the Gospel of John, Jesus, uh, through the Holy Spirit here, has given us three earmarks for a disciple. These are three characteristics that Jesus says, if you have these things, you are my disciple indeed. Now, the first one we find in John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, Jesus uh, has dealt with the woman caught in adultery, that the religious leaders have brought this woman to Jesus and demanding that he execute the law against this woman, which would have been stoning uh, the death penalty. And, and they demand this of Jesus, but Jesus wisely deals with them and shows them their error, their heart, shows them the failures that they have, and um, is dealing with that situation. And so beginning in verse 31, he's talking to the religious leaders. Uh, he's talking to those who had believed in him. And it says, Jesus said to the Jews had, who had believed him. So he's talking to the Jewish people there that believed his story, believed his message. And he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so he's talking to Jewish believers who had a form of religion. They thought they were doing this right. He had just dealt with the religious leaders who in their own self-righteousness were putting standards on others and were demanding things that were not godly. And so he's, he's talking to the religious person who is getting to God through their own efforts. So lest you pick up your mat and start walking on your own effort, Jesus says the first thing that you need to do is you need to abide in my word. To, to abide there is to dwell, to live, to make your home in. His word should be home for us. It's where we go for solace. It's where we go for comfort. It's where we go for direction. It's where we go for instruction. And what the religious leaders had done is they had manipulated the word to fit their situation and their desires. And so they had taken the law of God, which was good and perfect, and twisted it for their benefit to have power over others, to exert uh, their own honor and their own glory and their own position. And Jesus says, you need to abide in my word. You need to, first of all, start obeying and doing what I've told you to do. In order to do that, you need to know the word. And that's part of what this channel will be meant to do, to help you know the word of God. How can we abide in this word? Well, we've got to know it, first of all. And when we abide in the word, when we live in it, when we live it out in our lives, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
Now, for that man sitting by the pool of Bethesda, he didn't know the truth. He thought the truth was, I have to get to that water or else I'm never going to be healed. And the only way I can get to that water is if someone takes me there. Jesus came by and gave him his word. If you stand up, take up your mat and walk, you're healed. And, and the man had to accept that. He had to abide in it. He had to do that. And, and knowing that truth that he didn't really have to go to the water, he simply had to go to Jesus, he found truth and he found healing and he found freedom from his condition. And so you and I, we hear the word of God. We need to apply the word of God in new ways in our lives this year. Many of us have talked about things in our uh, uh, over the past year that we'd like to do better. I wish I had a better devotional life, a prayer life, or uh, I wish I had better relationships, or I need to get involved more, whatever it is, but we failed to do them. We need to take those steps and begin walking in those things that God has put on our hearts. So uh, if you abide in my word, you're, you're truly my disciples. So the first things, your hunger for the word of God and your active participation in applying the word of God to your life are essential in standing up and walking. If you're going to walk from your uh, lame condition, you're going to get up and start walking as a healed person. You've got to be in the word of God. You've got to live in the word of God and the truth will set you free from the mindsets, from the thought life, from the slavery to sin that we find ourselves in. Now, the second earmark of a disciple, uh, further on in John in chapter 13, it's a familiar chapter for many of us. Jesus is in the upper room. It's that uh, that final meal, the feast of Passover before Jesus is going to go to the cross. And in that upper room, as they entered, they all lounged around. No one was there to serve. So Jesus, realizing that nobody's feet had been washed, they were dirty, they were uh, uh, unwelcome at the Passover table because they were unclean. Jesus gets up and humbles himself and washes their feet. And he begins to do that as an example. And he talks about the one who's going to betray him. And he, he lays all of this out. And then in chapter uh, 13, verse 31, it talks about when Judas had gone out, because he identified the betrayer, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. Okay, so now, now it, it's set. The, the motion has been set and you can't go back on this. In verse 32, if God is glorified in him, God will also, also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you and you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, I say to you also, where I am going, you cannot come. So the time has come. I'm leaving. It's done. The, mo the, the wheels are set in motion. There's no going back. And so verse 34, he says this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you are to love one another. So in other words, I just gave you an example to wash each other's feet, to care more for each other, to humble yourselves. There's a lot in that passage that we could go through and eventually someday we'll get to it. But he says that there's a new commandment, love. Love is the primary feature that you're to be showing. And then verse 35, he says, by all this, or by this all, People will know that you are my disciples. So here's how to know that you're a disciple. If you have love for one another. So love is an indicator of having the heart of God, having the mind of God. And how do we have the heart and mind of God? Well, his word, we abide in his word. His word comes in, changes the way we think, changes the way we feel about things, gives us new affections, gives us 
faith. Faith comes by hearing. And we now have faith in what God is going to do and what God would desire to do, not only for ourselves, but for others. And we begin to look not just for our personal benefit, not for our growth, not for our victory, but for the victory of those around us as well. We now begin to participate in their lives in new ways. And our relationships are deepened. And so we have love for one another. We're willing to give of ourselves, give of our things, and benefit other people around us in new ways. So we abide in his word. We find ourselves at home obeying his word, applying his word to our lives. When we do that, it changes the way we think about things. It changes the way we look about things. And it changes the way we feel about other people. And so now we're able to have genuine love for them. We can give ourselves for their benefit, even if it costs us something. We're willing to sacrifice ourselves. We're willing to give for them. Now, one little side note here. Jesus doesn't say that you're going to like one another. Now, I know in church that's a touchy subject. There are people that will bend you the wrong way. There are people that will rub the rough edges. You're not called to like them, but you're called to love them. And that love is a verb. It's something that we do. It's a, it's a choice that we make to act in a certain way towards another person, regardless of the internal feelings that we have. And eventually God gives us that heart of compassion, the heart of love, the heart to bless those around us. And that's an indicator that we're a disciple, that we're up and walking, that we've been healed. Now, the final one, the final indicator of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is found in John chapter 15. And in John chapter 15, we have that great parable of Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. We need to be attached to the vine in order for the branch to have life. And so if we're attached to him and we abide in him, then you know he will abide in us and we have that joint life with God. And we're able to, uh, to live and participate and do these things. And as we get up in uh, John chapter 8, or I'm sorry, John chapter 15, verse 8, he says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So af- at the end of it all, after you abide in the word of God, you, you obey the word, you, you find yourself at home with it, you become knowledgeable of it, you apply it to your life, and you begin to walk the walk that Jesus has called you to. It changes your heart and affection towards others, so you now love one another in a new way, with your new mind, with your new perspective, and that love for others bears itself out in fruit. We have the personal fruit of abiding in the word as our lives begin to look like the master. We began to have personal victory over sin. We began to have a personal uh, joy that comes to us. We have uh, that love from others. We have the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and 23 that begins to manifest itself through our lives. That's the fruit that is born. But we also bear fruit in the lives of others. As we love others, we're giving to them. We want to bless them. We want to encourage them. We want to see God do the same thing in their lives. And so we see fruit in them. That is uh, partly in uh, due to our participation in their lives as we extend discipleship to them, as we descend, uh, extend the word of God to them and encouragement to them and our prayer for them. And so fruit begins to abound around us as well as within us. And so you're a disciple. You, you're, you're one who have found yourself in a lame position. You were uh, lying by the side of the pool of Bethesda, if you will, lame in your spiritual walk. 
There are areas, at least, in all of our lives where we are that lame man. No matter how strong our spiritual walk is, there's somewhere that we're lame. And in 2021, we've got to identify that, answer Jesus' question, do you want to be healed? Do you want to move forward from that? Get past looking towards others to do it for us. Take up our bed and start walking. And as we walk, we abide in the word of God. We obey and do what he's asked us to do. We find ourselves at home in that. It becomes a natural part of our lives. And that builds the love for others who are doing the same thing. We love those who are encouraging us. And uh, we, we love those around us with the new heart that God gives us. And then as we are walking in his ways and loving others, fruit will begin to abound as we see ourselves growing and maturing and having victory. And we see those around us being blessed and encouraged and living out the life that God has called for them. And we get to do this together. And so on this Mathetai podcast, it's my desire that that would be true of you for this upcoming year. This is a a new venture for us, a new thing for you. and, And I pray that you would take the word of God, that you would soak it in. We're going to be doing Bible studies. We're going to be doing interviews, apologetics, uh, lots of great stuff that will encourage you in your walk and uh, bless you as you move forward. And so keep checking back. Subscribe to get updates uh, of when a new episode is is, uh, launched. Uh, And go to the website, mathetai.org. We've got some great stuff in store for you there. And lots of information about the ministry there. So I'm so blessed you've been here with us today. Uh, Come back next time as we continue uh, looking through the word of God and growing together. God bless you and keep moving forward as a disciple of Christ.